Welcome to Pun Intensive. Today, we're having our first ever full panel recording over Zoom. Uh, two of us in Austin, one of us quite far away, all the way in Washington, and one of us even further away, uh, but still in Washington. Let me introduce you. Staying home so she won't be getting a virus, Erica Etten, zooming in from the District of Columbia. Looking for in a kind way to stay busy while in her home in Spokane, Annika Eagle, keeping a social media distance and not touching his Facebook, my cope reducer, zooming in from Austin, Gary Halleck, and me, location undisclosed, dressed and not unclothed, standing not to close, your host, Aaron Faisal. We're going to start, as always, with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week! where we ask each of our panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of Workaday Wordplay. So let's start off with the winner of the 2019... Oh, actually, is that right, Annika? Did you win the 2019 Punniest Show? Absolutely not. <laughs> Was it second place or third place? Uh, 2019, I didn't win at all. So 2018, I won MVP, and then 2017 was third punniest. Okay. Re right. Rewrite your script. She's the winner of the 2020 punniest of show, right? <laughs> well, she's the only one wearing glasses. I've made a spectacle um, of myself. <laughs> so we have winner of, among other things, the 2018 MVP, O. Henry Punoff, Annika Eagle. What's your zinger of the week, Annika? So it would probably have to be, this is how exciting my life is. Since I, I, work, <laughs> I work for the city of Spokane and we've been working remotely, at least my department for, I guess this is the end of week two. And so the most I get is an opportunity to pun via my Skype status that I put up there. So my custom location, every day I change it. So first was I so late to work, just kidding. I'm working from home. And then I do a lot of work in Excel. And so the last one was spreadsheets, not the virus. Oh, I heard that. That's good. That's very good. Okay. And oh, Henry crowd favorite and very recent Thunderdome champion, Erica Etten, what's your zinger of the week? Wait, I don't get all my accolades either. I came in third, plenty at the show. Well, the, the problem is that I would be talking all day if I said all of your credentials. Obviously, Aaron is inept at putting these accolades on anyhow, so you go ahead and just go ahead and list off I, your own. I, well, I came in third, plenteous of show last year. <laughs> okay, okay. Very exciting. Right. Okay, okay, okay. And, um, and last year's plenteous of show, third place winner, Erica Etten. Thank you very much. This is not a very good singer, but <laughs> I thought I was funny. I'm cooking a lot, as you know, Aaron. And tonight I'm making a soup that is popular with the Jewish people like me. <laughs> and and I, I was telling someone What about that, the uh, Jewish people not like you? Yeah, that's popular too. I'm getting there. This is the setup. Or the, or the Jewish people so who don't like you. <laughs> there are none of those as Seinfeld's mother said who wouldn't like you anyway so I said I was going to put a little tuxedo on what I was making so they could go to the matzo ball okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool all right and we have the former O. Henry Punoff producer and current O. Henry Punoff jack of all trades Gary Halleck we were playing host to my brother and sister-in-law from Houston last week 
and they were visiting and they're a bit on the conservative side. And so we try to not talk politics with them, but inevitably almost anything touches on the edges of politics these days. Really? What and topic I, I came kind of, up recently? Anything? And I was, I was kind of surprised when my brother-in-law said something about something that he'd seen on Fox News. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? And he says, I really don't like to watch Fox News. I only watch it for Brit Hume. And immediately I said, Brit Hume? Oh, I watch PBS for Brit Humor. <laughs> then, of course, we went, ahead and, we went ahead and talked politics after that. So it all went downhill pretty fast. I have one, too. So I personally, I've never been on a ship cruise, ocean cruise before. And, and I haven't exactly been jonesing to, but just through some serendipity, a, a group of magicians are planning to go on one in May. No, they're uh, not. No one's going uh, on a cruise in May. I said, we're planning. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and so, so like almost a year ago, Julie and I bought these tickets. Um, so needless to say, you know, now that these magicians, you know, we're all chatting online, you know, not complaining, I, expressing disappointment. But as Reddit would call it, we were all ship posting. Ship posting. <laughs> Maybe you have to be more familiar with Reddit to, <laughs> to, for that to land yeah. with you. I, I can sort of imagine that's probably one of those terms that's in-house. I didn't get it. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's okay. Ship, uh, ship posting. What is getting ship your posting? Ship, getting your ship together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, oh. the ship, when the ship hits the fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know that a lot of millennials are using the word ship to say, like, I like you two in a relationship. Like, I ship that. No, I hadn't heard yeah, that. Yeah, I got to oh. keep up with the millennial language. And then if they want to support something, they say, I stand. Like, I understand? Or I don't know I where it came from. <laughs> I can you actually just, tell you, you where the, it came from. Oh, where did it come from? Answer. Oh, so it's a combination of stalker and fan. So it's like the extreme version of a fan. So it's a portmanteau? Right. Oh. If you want to get your ship together, you get the portman to tow it. <laughs> I ship that. Okay. So uh, speaking of millennials, I wanted to share a, a brilliant uh, insight I had. I will bet a big chunk of my 401k that people who are children right now, when they get around to naming their generation, it'll be called the Corona generation or maybe the COVID generation. They're calling it Generation C. The millennials, when they get to be my age, they'll be like, ah, those Coronas, they just can't get any. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Corona. <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back, we will practice some mind pumps. Stick around. And we are back. All right, we're going to start with a game that Erica and I actually brainstormed just yesterday. And I'm eager to see uh, how it turns out. It's called Hello, Mind Your Own Business. And it goes like this. So we're setting up a consulting business in which our panelists, for a small fee, of course, will name your business. Uh, the question, of course, is how will you answer the phone? So, for example, Erica came up with this yesterday. If you have a hair salon, you might answer, hello, sheer madness, we're here to help you. Now, there's a, a double pun in there, which makes it tricky. We don't actually have to do two. 
So the real challenge is to come up with a name of a business. Gary always wants me to put in sound effects. So maybe I'll put in a ring ring sound effect <laughs> in front of everybody's. Uh, well, thing. with these poor microphones, we have lots of sound defects already. <laughs> All right. So I will go ahead and be the first customer. I am going to start a pet grooming service. Uh, so how do you recommend I answer the phone? Ring, ring, ring. For now, pet service. <laughs> how can I help you? <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Hello, this is Kitty Litter Grooming Service. Ask me out anytime. <laughs> what? <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Tail go. it like it is. Pet services. Would you say tail? Oh, tail it. Oh, good. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Oh, were you waiting for a pause? <laughs> Wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. That I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of riffing off of Annika's here. Hello, round of applause. How can I help you? Oh, I like that. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. You've reached Doug, got it. We'll fix your ah! dog. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. You've reached Pride and Groom Pet Service. Ask about our hump day specials. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this one's kind of stupid, but ring, 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 teacher set. Oh. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. You've reached rep trial services. Yes, we will represent your pets. <laughs> uh. Hi, you have reached Walker, Texas Ranger, the dog walking services. <laughs> we now offer... Group discounts by the pack. It's the leash we could do. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Welcome to As Seen on Kibble News. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or ring, ring, ring. No felines you have to stand in here. <laughs> Okay, so our client was very pleased with what came up, but we do have a new client who's opening up a plumbing service. Oh boy. Uh, so, so how will she answer the phone? Ring, 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 take a leak. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Thanks for piping up. We've heard the call. Okay. <laughs> Ring, ring, ring. Sink or swim. How can I help you? Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you've reached At Your Disposal Plumbing Services. Ooh, that's good. We, we have the best drain technicians in town. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hello, Ode to Toilet. How may we help you? Uh, we drain supreme. We'll give you the royal treatment. Ooh, the royal flush treatment. We can fix it, but we can't. Can't force it. <laughs> uh, can you say that one more time? You blipped out. <laughs> we we have to fix use it. my New York accent. Oh, uh, okay, okay. We can fix it, but we can't force it. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Oh, this is the trapeze artist. No, I'm sorry, the P trap artist here to help. <laughs> oh. 
Gary especially appreciates that. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Number one business here. <laughs> How can we make you number two? <laughs> Please press number two. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. This is all we're cracked up to be. Ooh, like a plumber's crack? Yeah. I like that. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you've reached Plumbing the Depths Sewer Service. You get more than you pipe for. <laughs> um, ring, ring, ring. Gotta take the plunger. Ring, ring, ring. Hi, you've reached Danny Boy Sewer Service. The pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. <laughs> Sewer? No, we'll just settle in small claims. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed you stayed away from we hardly know her. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's my least favorite pun joke. So. Yeah, well, it's, that's the point. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, uh, let's take on one more client because, you know, we're already over our heads with so much business. It turns out that we have one more person who's really hankering to hire us. The business is a bar. Booze! Just kidding. Did we scare you? Come in and take a look. (laughs) Hello, you have reached Bar None. We are located right next to the church. So if you've got a bad habit, come on in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Ring, ring, ring. Liquor tea split. How can we help you? <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Alcohol you later. How can we help you? Alcohol, can we help you? <laughs> Alcohol you later. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Grin and beer it. Gin okay. and beer it. Uh, ring, ring, ring. Hello, whiskey to your heart. You'll love our cocktails. Ring, ring, ring. Dram. <laughs> I wish I was your lover. Annika liked that one. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hit me with your best shot. Oh, nice. Nice. Thank you. Ring, ring, ring. Standard and poor. Watch as the oh. stark market <laughs> and you crash. <laughs> I really like that one. I yeah, me too. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Beer today, gone tomorrow. Ring, ring, ring. Hi, you have reached Get Ahead Bar. All of our cans are on draft. And we have extra large urinals in our restroom for highballs. Oh boy, no. (laughs) I would not frequent that bar. (laughs) Uh, Ring, ring, ring. Distill my heart. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's really good. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, thanks for calling Barstool Pigeon. Come join our game. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you know, this isn't a pun, but, well, it sort of is, but I always thought it would be fun to name a bar The Clink, because one, because you clink glasses, but two, because that means jail. So, like, where are you going tonight, The Clink? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you won't be passing the bar. Well, that's a good name. <laughs> like a legal be, theme bar? Passing you'll the bar? be disbarred. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh. I like that. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you have reached the Last Call Saloon. Everyone likes our drinks. That's why they're all after hours. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. Interesting, but not funny, right? 
Well, it's it a, thinker. a thinker. <laughs> a clinker. Exactly. Clinker. I, <laughs> I, I saw sinker. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got that joke, Gary. <laughs> well, Erica, similar to your idea, I feel like if it was just called bar class, so then people who are going mm-hmm. to bar class, like ballerinas, could just be going and getting drunk. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm going to bar class. Exactly. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, you've reached Raisin the Bar. We specialize in wine coolers. Can you hold fermented? Ooh. (laughs) That's good. That is a perfect place to end. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, Gary is going to do his best to make us all very uncomfortable. Stick around. (laughs) That's easy. And we are back. We always refer to this segment as, is it a pun? Even though that's more of a vestigial title. Gary is going (laughs) to lead this discussion. So Gary, do you have a name for the segment? Vestigial versions. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's a tale tale untold. In the, is it a pun segment? We have broadened it uh, out widely so that it basically is just like pun talk. Welcome to pun talk. <laughs> we're gonna can't we're gonna talk it. about <laughs> can't pause it. <laughs> we're gonna talk about what puns do in your head when you're not using them. I wanted to take advantage of the fact that I got two women on the panel here today, which is two women more than we usually have on the panel, and I wanted to explore a little bit the idea of how you relate to other people, particularly you know, a potential mate or, or even just a potential friend and how you approach them and kind of feel them out about whether or not you can use puns on them or whether or not they're going to appreciate puns. And if that starts to go one direction or another, how do you accommodate it? How do you adjust your own personality or suppress your instincts to pun if you are getting signals from someone that they're, that they're not appreciating it? It's an awful long question, but that's, that's what I want to explore. And especially in light of the fact that Erica is a professional relationship coach. Well, just to make sure we're inclusive, it's not necessarily people of the opposite sex. It's just someone you're interested in. And I am of the opinion that you should let it all out when you are first getting to know someone, because ultimately humor, shared sense of humor is so important in any relationship. I was with someone for a very long time who I ignored the fact that he didn't find me very funny for entirely too long because, you know, (laughs) great on paper. Uh, I couldn't care less about on paper anymore. I don't even care if they make me laugh. They just have to find me hilarious. So I make sure to let the cheesy jokes fly as quickly as possible because it's important to me that somebody knows that that's what they're getting with me. And, you know, I definitely, you have to take into account your audience. Like if I'm in a big public place and it's not appropriate, I'm not going to make the joke, but for anyone I'm personally going to date or anyone, my clients are trying to date, I would say share your sense of humor, whatever that may be as early as possible, because the last thing you want is for somebody to start liking you and then you bring this out later and they don't like it. I think that's important, whether it's puns or sarcasm, which I hate, or 
any, um, any kind of any kind of a bad habit or something that could be perceived as a bad habit, you want to make sure that you run. Well, they're not a bad it. habit, Gary, as we well, know. They're, but they're a good, they're a good habit. But it's but it's what you're saying is get your deal breakers out of the way right away. No, but, I'm saying but, show your quirks right away. Like, okay. like I'm really quirky, and I have this. I don't know if you guys know this. I I wear wigs sometimes. Not right now. But just like, just for giggles, I probably own 12 wigs of varying colors and lengths and all this. If there's someone who wants to get to know me, they need to get to know that I'm probably going to wear a purple wig in the first month of us meeting. So I'd rather show that sooner so they know like, hmm, she's a little eccentric and that's fine. So I would include puns in the eccentricities or the quirks more than a bad habit. I mean, a bad habit is, is biting your nails. Saying puns are a quirky, fun thing that some people do. So let your quirk shine. And I would recommend that in your dating profile too. Like I tell all of my clients who have these generic dating profiles. I love to laugh and have fun. I'm just as comfortable in a little, Annika's rolling her eyes because it's ridiculous. I'm just as comfortable in a little black dress as I am jeans and a t-shirt. I like to go out and wait for it, stay in. So, you know, I would rather somebody have all of their weird stuff out there because it will turn people off but that's the point you want to turn the people off who should be turned off because the right ones who appreciate what you're saying or doing will be turned on I mean I've had people make fun of my puns on dates well that's great because it tells me that's not the person for me but uh, uh, when you say make fun you mean like they roll their eyes not find it funny they're not not they're not receptive Look, I don't need someone to, to be on the level, but I do need someone to appreciate it. First, well, at, at the most basic level, if someone doesn't get it, we have a real problem. Now, if they get it and don't appreciate <laughs> it, that's like secondary level problem. Yeah. Or, or if they appreciate it and don't get it. <laughs> I, I would almost rather that. I don't know what I would rather. <laughs> uh, I, I can say from personal experience that I have a strong tendency to appreciate it, but not get it. So I, I, was, I wasn't going to mention <laughs> any names. I, I don't understand <laughs> half of Gary's puns. Oh, you get it. Well, I mean, you yeah, know people who just don't think that way. I don't understand half of them either, but it's not the, not the same half. <laughs> so we're all right. No comment. No comment. But like certain friends too, I have to, know what they appreciate like my friend for example she knows I like doing puns and appreciates that aspect of me but she doesn't get any of my jokes it's just not her way of thinking so I don't make puns with her because what's the point I want someone else it's like like I was saying like if a tree falls in the woods you know did it yeah happen? you need the feedback you need the feedback in order for you exactly. to, to to be validated speaking of valet dating uh, you haven't ever dated your valet have you no. How fancy do you think I am? <laughs> I, I, I want to back up just, just a little bit, Annika. What was the thing you were rolling your eyes at? Oh, just what you often see on dating profiles that are so generic and just like a robot could put them all together. Because it is like, yeah, you know, I equally like to have fun on the weekends, but I'm just as happy to stay at home snuggling with you on the couch. They are very generic. I mean, it's almost as... Like you could set your clock to it as um, here in the Northwest, every male's profile on any of the dating sites will include a dead fish or a dead deer or 
a motorcycle. Just a picture of their motorcycle. Oh, oh I, I, okay. They're not in the picture. It's just a really terrible photo of their motorcycle. Yeah, that's a statement. That's a statement that they like motorcycles or they wish they had one or, or they admire motorcycles in some way. So that's telling you up front that, hey, I'm a guy who's interested in motorcycles. And if that turns you off, leave him away. Leave, go, go elsewhere, right? Right. Well, I mean, I don't want to date a motorcycle. I'd rather <laughs> have a person in a photo, you know, that I'm yeah, looking at. But what's so funny, okay. you were saying that you said all these profiles have a dead fish or a dead deer. And I think you meant in the text. And I would love oh. to know how that looks <laughs> a little, yeah. a little I love dead fish. <laughs> no, I mean, in the text. And again, I'm speaking very, very Northwest. And maybe it's it's beyond here. But it's like, what's also really common is their education, school of hard knocks, mm. or school of life. I didn't get a degree. So many of them are line cooks and have multiple children. And that seems <laughs> to be like the most common. There's your deal breaker. Oh my God. <laughs> and I thought you need to follow my Instagram because I post all this stuff and it's Oh, Sadly okay. hilarious. Okay, well, definitely. Back, back to my basic question, though. If you're sizing someone up, whether it's in real life or on a dating profile or Tinder or something like that, if they say, I like to go to bars or I like to sing karaoke or, 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 or I like to smoke cigarettes or something, you've got certain deal breakers for everybody that's just going to say, okay, swipe left or, or whichever direction that thing is. But the sense of humor, like everybody professes to claim, I like a sense of humor. Nobody's going to say, I don't have a sense of humor. But everybody's got a different version of what a good sense of humor is. And Correct. so if you like slapstick, a big fan of Monty Python or a big fan of the Three Stooges or something, that's one kind of sense of humor. you got a whole other kind of sense of humor that's cerebral and maybe sometimes uh, a little sick. If you like to see people get kicked in the groin with a baseball or something like that, there's all sorts of different ways that you could manifest a sense of humor. And for punning, it's not something that most people would put on a dating profile. They wouldn't say, I like to go to the O'Henry pun off unless you're really confident about I mean, yourself. Yeah, I have a uh, video maybe, of myself maybe, yeah. making puns on my yeah, Hinge okay. profile yeah, because see, someone needs honest. to know that. Yeah, you're honest. But I'm assuming that a lot of people on a dating profile are trying to keep their cards a little close to the vest and say, you know, I'm going to not reveal too much about myself up front. Because even if you're proud of the fact that you go to the pun off or proud of the but fact that you But you're not that proud puns, then. How confident are you in yourself and your hobbies if you're not willing to share them? I would also well, say that it's not just about pride. All of us here communicate via puns. I mean, it's part of how we are interacting with the world. It's part of how we communicate. So if that's completely ignored yeah. or if it's disliked, that would just never work in any capacity. I do I think there's a bit of a double standard, though, because you see a lot of men's profiles that say like, I like dad jokes, or maybe I like puns. Women who say that they like puns. We're definitely in the minority. I mentioned earlier, I've been married 43 years. So there was no such thing as a dating profile. When I was shopping for my life partner many long years ago, and it seemed like an awful long shopping trip, I would meet people in places where I was there on purpose. My wife and I met in a hiking club in college. Uh, people that people that like to go out hiking and, and uh, canoeing and stuff. And so we knew that we had that in common and then everything else we built from that, but we built it organically. You eventually find out 
this person likes this kind of humor or that kind of humor or is, is turned off by this or that. Uh, you find that stuff out, but you don't have the, the luxury of being able to, to pre-screen anyone or, or do a Google search for them because we're talking about the 1970s here. I saw an awful lot of that in my peers, of people being disingenuous, particularly my brother who dated a lot. And he was a totally, totally different person when he was first meeting a woman. And of course, I saw these relationship crash or, or, or dwindle off because they didn't have enough in common to, to keep them together. And it was kind mm-hmm. of sad to me that he could not be honest with himself. That's what's good, I guess, about the dating profiles. You can pre-screen people and kind of get these deal breakers out of the way first. Can I ask you personally, do you think that men and women approach puns differently? Because that's always been something that, that I think it's kind of cliched that, that guys are more aggressive and punning is, is generally seen to be an aggressive act because you're, you're aggressively manhandling the language, literally manhandling the language. Do you think that women approach punning differently than men and are just as likely to appreciate it or just as likely to perpetrate it, but do so in a different way? I mean, as with anything, there's not typically been space for women or essentially for any gender that's not male. And so regardless, there's always some elbowing into it that we have to do. I mean, I would definitely say the first O. Henry I went to, uh, there were very few non-cis males that were up on stage. There was your mother, Gary, that was the only woman that was involved in any of the judging or adjudicating. I mean, I, I don't know really, I don't think that my punning has a sense of gender. It's just, it's just my brain. And you don't I mean, know what I, it's like to have someone else's, right? Right. <laughs> I do think that our puns are not as like listened to or heard as much as when a male is punning. I do feel that. Hmm. Is that also true in non-punning conversation? Do you, do you think that uh, you're oh, less yeah. listened to? Yeah. So it, it's, it's just kind I, of a, a parallel. Yeah, it's in, it's in every, every arena. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. What about in the, you know, competitive space? At Underground, do you think that if you're on stage, people are going to be just as receptive to anybody else? You know. Right. Well, and I would say that there are more non-males that compete at the Punderground, and I make a point of having ground rules that I set before every Punderground. We're not going to have any racism, homophobia, sexism. We're punching up, we're not punching down. You know, I have a really fantastic crew of people of all gender identities and ages that compete, and I really love that so much. I mean, everyone that's going to go and want to compete at a punning competition <laughs> loves puns. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, I don't know. I'm thinking back to some punning conversations I've had on dating profiles. It is a really good way of weeding out whether someone would be compatible. I will just say there is one successful punning interaction on a dating profile. It was someone who was dressed as Jesus. He was turning water into wine and he had a bag of Swedish fish. And so I was like, oh, I'm surprised to see you on Tinder. Did you join when it was just a Pontius Pilot program? And so then we actually, we punned for a while and then, you know, then it was Easter and he went away, I guess.
<laughs> busy, busy, busy for Easter. He had, he had some hangups, I'm sure. Did you hear what I said? He had, some, he had some hangups. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that is a terrific way to wrap up this conversation. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't, wait a minute. I want to hear about you, Aaron. <laughs> did, did you have any, any kind of dating issues when you were, when you were uh, shopping? Or are you, are you just an old man like me? Hey, thanks for trying to include me, Gary, but clearly I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me, let me ask you this. Outside of the pun off and, the, and pun intensive, you don't wear it on your sleeve, but you are a performer. You're a magician and a teacher, so you have an audience occasionally. Do you find that puns help to warm up an audience and endear people to you or catch people's attention, that you're able to use them as a tool to make people comfortable? Sure, of course. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of different ways of interpreting the old phrase, puns are the lowest form of humor. But I think one of many positive ways of interpreting that phrase is it's something that most people can understand, right? And so I, I do find that to be a, a good style of humor for that. I, I, puns also, and this is, this is just like, uh, you know, if, if you go to improv comedy shows, uh, very much. There's a lot of material in there that would not be funny if it were a sketch show, but is hilarious by virtue of having been uh, improvised. Yeah. And yeah. puns are like that too, right? That's what's Go so ahead. magical in the pun slingers portion of the pun off that people can say the most lame, banal pun, but the fact that they've had to say it improvisationally and that they've had to pull it up out of the recesses of their brain and put it into context of the topic that we're addressing makes it that much more bold for them to have done that. There's also the fact that the audience is playing along with them in their heads and the audience is feeling that pain that they're feeling when they're trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel for that last little topic of whatever the topic is. I mentioned earlier slapstick. Probably the first kind of things that amuse children are slapstick. You know, you know I'm going to stack these blocks up and the kid knocks them down. The kid thinks it's just hilarious to, to have things crashing and, and stuff. And kids understand slapstick before they understand any other kind of humor. And the second kind of humor that kids start to understand is punning. Because as they're learning the language, mm -hmm. they're learning the distinctions between words that sound the same. I've got a three-year-old nephew who's only just now starting to understand the concept of punning, and I'm having a great time with him. But anytime I say something that's the least bit funny, he says, Uncle Gary's punning. Uncle Gary's making puns. Oh, <laughs> and, you and mean non-puns? Yeah. Yeah. And then I have to stop him and say, I said, no, 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 that's, that's not a pun. That's just the, uh, <laughs> Let me tell you the exact <laughs> definition so of a pun. This is very you. important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I suck all the wind out of their, out of him on that. <laughs> but I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. I mean, if he, if he wants to say it's a pun, that's fine. And then of course he turns around and, and tries to tell me a pun and it's just like, like nonsense words, but it, oh, it's so much fun to watch little kids, the brains, the brains working. And, and I, and I, I, I do, you know, show him an actual, an actual pun now and then and say this, yeah, this is the same word here. And, and, but I know he can't, he can't absorb it all, but he's, he's appreciating it. Give me another year with him. I'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> I, so I, I want to wrap this up, but I did want to say one thing uh, in regard to something I said before the two non Austinites in this group, have had tremendous amounts of success in the Punniest of Show competition at the O. Henry Punoff, which is the scripted one. And earlier I was saying that things that are funny improvised aren't necessarily going to be funny in a sketch. I think that 
really uh, attest to, is that the right way of putting it? How high quality your pre-scripted routines have been just by virtue of the fact, just by looking at the fact they've been as successful as they had been. So I wanted to give you props for that. But let's let's go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, you guys are going to get some really terrific advice from everybody. Stick around. And we are back. We're going to do the most popular game at the O. Henry Punoff, unless you consider the other one. It's subjective. Punslingers. So we all know how this goes. We'll do it round robin I've never done this on video before with more than two people, so I'm not quite sure the best way to do it, but we'll figure it out. I'm going to try to pick a topic that will not in any way make us think of the crazy state of the world right now. So we are going to go with Archaeology. 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 (laughs) Can you dig it? No. I know we were talking about this earlier, but it's really rough carbon dating these days. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I am really, really eager to build up my collection of ancient artifacts. I am Indiana Jones in for a brand new vase. Back when I was in college, Professor Carter used to be the one that uh, taught me a lot about uh, the ancient Egyptians. (laughs) I know I don't have COVID, but it's a sarcophagus. Sounds like you need to get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever taken archaeology, but grids no, are very important. The strings, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. My parents really got me into archaeology, especially my mummy. <laughs> you know, I held my tongue back when we were doing the topic of plumbing earlier because I thought, oh, this is so such a trite one. But now that we're doing archaeology, I know that the guys who studied the plumbing of the ancient Egyptians they end up being Pharaoh's faucet majors. <laughs> Gary, I think, I think in this podcast alone, you brought up Pharaoh faucet majors about 37 <laughs> times. Is there anything that uh, we should know about your... Uh... <laughs> I just well, kidding. <laughs> if, the topic, if the topic was dance, I could have mentioned Bob Fawcett. Well, since we're talking about dancing, I guess Bob Fawcett will be the next topic. Fossil. This is not a usual skull that I practice very often. (laughs) So before COVID-19, I was planning on taking an archaeological trip and it was kind of iffy in the planning stages because they made me Pompeii way too much. (laughs) I mentioned earlier the name of Howard Carter, the guy who unearthed King Tut treasures, right? He famously stuck his head inside uh, and they ask him, what do you see? And they say that what he said was, I see marvelous things. But I think what he actually first said was, well, there's really tomb for improvement. I was pretty uh, annoyed when Trump gave himself high marks on how he's been dealing with this whole thing. He gave himself the top on a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel pretty lucky that I am not in debt at this time. I mean, and that I have a steady paycheck and that I fully bone my car. 
<laughs> All right. <clears throat> so when I was studying archaeology, there was actually an 800 number that you could call if you needed some help. They called it Aztec support. Speaking of Aztecs, uh, was out there with a the, with the team and we were going to start unearthing one of these burial mounds and I got out my pick and was going to start digging into it. And the, and the guy says, oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that with these burial mounds. If you pick it, it'll never heal. <laughs> if you pick it, it'll never heal. <laughs> I love it. One of the things I see a lot of people doing here in isolation is taking the time to do workouts or whatever. And the only time I'll see a six pack is if I scare ribs into um, complying. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but in the UK recently, they discovered a whole ancient community of magicians and they were able to figure it out because of all the Harry Pottery. You know, people who study ancient buildings probably ought to read that guidebook, Edifice Rex. Edifice Rex. Oh, Edifice. Oh, okay. Hello? Hello? Is <laughs> yeah. this on? Hello? Is this on? <laughs> that joke was uh, Edifice Rex. <laughs> so you did not find it a museum, did you? <laughs> oh, well, why do you have to keep stealing these topics? This one's mine. <laughs> yeah it is a pretty shard topic so a, a, a pretty a pretty i'm uh, sorry a pretty shard oh sorry oh nice yeah <laughs> got it all right what's an archaeologist's favorite sandwich cave dwellington <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cigarettes you've been smoking anyhow <laughs> I really hate bed and breakfast. I ruins. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Anyone else? I mean, can a pick just one? You're right. <laughs> I was I was out on an archaeological dig and I I lost track of my compadres and I and I I was lost for like an hour and I finally found my peer amid the sphinx. Ooh, very good. <laughs> I'm sorry, that one really sphinx bad, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's end with a strong one. I think that's a terrific place to take a break. But when we come back, we will be giving some of the best advice you never got. Stick around. And we are back. All right, we are almost done. But before we go, this, uh, obviously everyone is stuck at home. So I'm guessing that we probably don't have a whole heck of a lot to plug, but maybe I'm wrong. Annika, you have anything to plug? I mean, the Punderground, canceled. Uh, my improv, the Blue Door Theater, canceled. Lilac City Live, where I write sketch comedy, canceled. Um, all right, so we'll I be guess. sure to look up so that we can be there when... Uh... <laughs> be sure to plug all the things that have been canceled. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So no, about, not. are any of those events going online? So I did put a call out to the Punderground community to send in videos, essentially pun monologues that I was going to feature. So that's kind of coming together. I don't have a date that it'll debut yet. But the URL for that would be? Follow us on Facebook. So if you just hmm. look up the Punderground, 
I should know off the top of my head. That's okay. I'll put a I'll, I'll put a link uh, in the in the show notes on that. And put a link to Farrah Fawcett Majors too, <laughs> <laughs> and Professor Howard Carter. And I do think my improv theater. We're gonna try and do some, like you were saying, Aaron, kind of like a Zoom meeting mm-hmm. performance. So we'll see. It could be a total disaster, and maybe it'll never be shown. But Erica, anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, my podcast. It's called So We Met Online, and it is about dating. I have a co-host, and he and I share crazy dating stories and then give some advice on it. So luckily, podcast can't close. So um, yeah. feel, I think we have 70-some <laughs> episodes up, so feel free to oh, wow. give it a listen. Gary, anything you want to plug? Do want to mention that the O'Henry Punoff World Championships, the 43rd annual has been postponed to uh, October 17. So if you're still listening to this and still alive and kicking and we're still alive and kicking and it's anywhere near October 17th, 2020, check us out at punoff.com and get all the straight dope on that and come on down and see, see some of our dopes that are not so straight. <laughs> all right. And then I don't have anything to plug per se, but I would like to put a call out to the audience that since we are all stuck at home, I think I I would like to try to get some more audience engagement on this podcast, have some guests perhaps. So I know we have a pretty decent amount of listeners just from the number of downloads. So I would encourage you all very much to reach out. You can just send an email to Aaron at Pond Intensive. I don't know what the name of this episode is going to be. So just look in the show notes for some links to emails. Farrah Fawcett Majors. Oh, yeah. No, she was not available. Okay. So we're going to head on out. But before we do, I've congregated here a bunch of very, very talented artists. And if anybody knows about working from home, it is artists. So we're going to give you some advice if you're, you've been taking out that easel. God, I am so sorry, guys. I'm going to... Okay. Not so easily done, is it? So, since you are stuck at home, if you've been trying to pick up some new or old hobbies, for that matter, and brought the easel downstairs from the attic, we have some good advice for you. We have some world-class artists sitting here, and they know all about working from home. So, let's go ahead and start with sage advice from Annika Eagle. It's kind of an unprecedented time that we're experiencing. So, I would say, you know, make sure you have your fun snacks and your nutritional snacks and make sure that, you know, like it does feel like we're battling this out, but your war hall should be able to um, (laughs) keep you going through it. (laughs) Nice. And uh, I, Aaron Faisal, also have some advice. It's it's, it's something that actually happened to me. If you're still learning about what style you want to work in, uh, just don't make the mistake I did. It turns out that painting portraits of your father has nothing to do with Dadaism. Uh, Erica Etten? <laughs> if you're getting lonely painting at home, first of all, just brush it off, suck it up, call a friend, and call it. <laughs> and Gary Howe. Well, you know, I was digging through my drawer the other day, and I came across this matchbook that said you could learn to be a courtroom sketch artist. I've always been drawn to sketch artists. So I I went to work as a courtroom sketch artist 
and and I, I got I got in trouble right away because for one thing I wasn't using a charcoal sketch like the sketch artist was supposed to use I was using tempera paints you know so right away the judge took me to task on that he says I, I don't want you be, to be tempering with the jury and I said I'm not tempering with the jury I'm just making sketches for the jurist he said well then, then now I'm going to charge you with art for jury and and uh, I think he convicted me, I, but I always framed. <laughs> I, oh, I, boy. I, I, I love just, staring I, at Jerry and his awkward. <laughs> oh, my God. I Show need an audience Monet. so bad. <laughs> I need an audience. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Kimpura. that's all for Kimpura. now. Uh, <laughs> she wrote. <laughs> I'm signing off with the catchphrase, and we will see you next time.